Welcome to Exploring Video Games. I'm Citrus Seltzer, and today is Wednesday, September 8th, 2021, and this is episode 90. For this episode, I played Mush. This is a browser-based action-adventure game by Motion Twin, and it was released in 2013. Uh, so this is a great game. Uh, I honestly didn't like it that much, and I really hated the first, like, fifth of it. But it's undeniably a great game, and it really impressed me in a lot of ways. Uh, and I did finish it. It took me about 40 hours. So this is by Motion Twin, and it's co-written by Arnold Belt. Uh, it's also written with Hampton Pike and Glenn Nails. Uh, Arnold Belt and Motion Twin are behind my like least favorite game of all time, the 2018 Dead Cells, uh, which I reviewed in episode 65 of this podcast. Uh, I hated that so, so much. Uh, and this one has a lot in common with that uh, that I also hated. But it did turn out to be something pretty great, even though, even if it's just, like, not my thing. Uh, so yet again, this is a game about a self-loathing gamer. Uh, in this game, you're also a games writer. You play as Martian McGelman, and basically you're an indie games developer and writer, and you've been hired for the biggest job of your life to design a more or less, like, educational game for an astronomy center. And Miguelman is taking it super seriously, and he has, like, writer's block, and he's very, like, in his own head about it. Uh, and yeah, as the game goes on, the game he's writing, which is called The Terminal Voyage, uh, becomes kind of enmeshed with the real world, and everything becomes very fatalistic and surreal, uh, and that stuff is great. So you have to write this game, lead the design team, and navigate the financial and commercial stuff with Starpix, who is the main backer of your game. Uh, and then later on in the game, there is some fun survival stuff. Uh, it's pretty difficult, and a lot of the gameplay is kind of confusing uh, in an intentional way. Uh, and that worked a lot of the time, I think. So it starts off with a meeting with Starpix. Uh, basically, they want you to create a kind of mainstream but interesting and intellectual game uh, for the Pittsburgh Science Center uh, that they will be like leasing out to middle schools as well. Um, it's supposed to be about basic astronomy, and they give you a bunch of specifics that you have to teach in the game. Uh, yeah, and Martin has that whole inner monologue where he's, like, excited but conflicted. It'll be, like, good for him financially, but he's also very pretentious and he wants the game to be, like, important and, like, delve into human truths. Uh, you then meet the team that Martin is in charge of. It's, like, ten guys. And you have to, like, listen to all of them and put them to task. Uh, this mission, or like the first couple introductory missions, are uh, some of the few, one of the few places where you get like a full-on inner monologue from him, uh, which I was very glad to be rid of. Um, I found him very annoying, uh, which you're definitely supposed to. Uh, so you have a writing quotient every game session. You have to write 100 words. 
Uh, and if you don't, you are killed off by some sort of space event. Uh, that's awesome. That's a very cool aspect of the game. Uh, it also means that you can't really just like hop on to play for a couple minutes unless you're prepared to bang out 100 words. Uh, and it cannot be random gibberish. The game picks up on that, uh, which is also very cool. So that's one massive thing that I love about this game. It forces you to be creative. Um, I'm sure there are ways like around that by doing gibberish that like gets by the game. Uh, but to me, it was just easier to write like a sloppy story every time, which is really fun. And yeah, you end up with like a little story that you've written, which is so cool. Uh, I'll upload mine to the Tumblr, uh, exploringvideogames.tumblr.com. Uh, so the stuff that you write doesn't have all that much effect on the Terminal Voyage game, although it will pick up certain keywords, which is pretty cool. Uh, I was writing a story about, like, a warrior woman in some, like, alternative primitive future who lives with, like, a group of uh, intelligent big cats and does, like, magic rituals with her group of witch friends. Uh, and there were some references to witches as well as cheetahs in the Terminal Voyage game, uh, which was really cool. Uh, but for the most part, the game is kind of what you would expect. It's, like, a very artsy depiction of, like, basic astronomy stuff, uh, lots of quietness and pondering and sad voiceover by Martin. Uh, so the Terminal Voyage game, it basically just like follows an astronomy teacher named Martin and he teaches you stuff as he floats around the universe showing you planets and major astronomical events. Uh, and yeah, it explains a bunch of astronomy uh, it's intended for a middle school audience. And a big chunk of the game is about the Cretaceous Paleogene extinction event that killed the dinosaurs and a lot of life on Earth. Uh, and Real Martin gets very stuck on executing that part well, which makes the Terminal Voyage game pretty dark and makes the Mush game pretty dark. Um, so yeah, another thing I liked about this game is, like, you actually, like, kind of learn a little bit about, like, basic space stuff and about the KT extinction, uh, which is cool. That was a highlight for me. Um, so yeah, as I've said, Martin is totally loathsome and purposefully so, which makes it, uh, so much more loathsome to me, uh, and not in a good way. Uh, he's a very, like, self-deprecating character, and to me, he speaks for the game, so that's, that makes the game a self-deprecating game, which is just, like, uh, disgusting to me. Like, I feel like I probably said the exact same thing with Dead Cells, but, like, if you hate your game and if you hate your writing so much, like, why would you present it to me? It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. Like, come back to me when you're proud of what you've made. Um, also, like, you clearly, like, love your game. You clearly think that you're, like, a unique genius, which is awesome. Uh, just lean into that and don't apologize. Uh, but that's just me. Um, the development meetings are pretty tedious. Uh, it's just, like, you instructing and guiding your team. 
make sure making sure they do deadlines, uh, making the game better. Uh, sometimes you have to like track them down and kind of force their hand with the work. Uh, and I actually did like some of the like resource management aspects of that. Uh, some of the physical meetings would be like a very tense balancing act uh, that I really got into. Uh, the mission where you're trying to track down James and have him like debug the interometer or whatever uh, and his apartment is just like seamlessly part of that little mountain that you've been designing for the terminal voyage. Uh, I was really impressed by that and um, I think that's pretty exemplary of a lot of the rest of the game. And when I was playing that part, I was like fully hating the game. And then I got to that part and I was like, oh, that's awesome. This game totally showed me. Very cool. Uh, and a lot of the rest of the game is, yeah, similarly impressive and genuinely bizarre. Uh, Apocalypse is a huge part of the game. Uh, it's a big part of the terminal voyage. And throughout the whole game, it like bleeds into the actual mush game, which is cool. Like I said, you're killed off when you don't get the writing done. And there are also just like constant world ending events and like weird peripheral violence happening around you or being like talked about or reported on. Uh, and more so as the game progresses. Uh, I really liked that. And I think in that way, the game did something like big and confident. And I was really into that. And the violence, the like huge violence is very surprising at first and very funny, I thought. Uh, a main plot line of the Mush game is the question of whether the Selena asteroid is going to hit the Earth. Um, Cavill, which is like the NASA of this game, has said definitively that it's going to miss, but they've been getting stuff wrong and everyone is like worried and talking about it all the time. Uh, and as the game goes on, it becomes clear that it will hit the Earth and there's lots of speculation about like what degree of apocalypse it will cause. So yeah, the game gets weirder and more dire as it goes, which I loved. Um, a lot of the stuff from the terminal voyage like starts appearing in Martin's real life. Uh, like the prehistoric creatures that like start to just like populate reality. Uh, his son begs and begs for you to keep one as a pet. Uh, I thought that was funny. It's like this terrifying predator uh, that I forget the name of. And you just like keep it in your backyard. Um, and yeah, it goes on and it goes on. It's very surreal. All of it becomes very like self-referential and like iterative. Uh, like you'll be given notes uh, by star picks and like unrelated people will say similar things to you or like design elements that are at first only in the terminal voyage will appear in your reality uh, and that makes it all very dreamlike and yeah in a really impactful way I thought and I loved that. Uh, the team leader at Star Picks, Jerry, is uh, like your main boss uh, I liked him, and he has a lot of criticisms that are echoed throughout the game. Uh, I had mixed feelings about that. Um, I usually agreed with his criticism, uh, but at the same time, I mean, like I said earlier, I found it, like, too grossly self-aware. 
like he keeps basically telling Martin that like it doesn't matter what you think or what you intend it only matters what you do like keep it on the surface and I thought that was great advice for him and like a good criticism for the attitude of the game itself Uh, But to me, that just, like, makes it grosser. Like, being aware of your own failings does not absolve you of them. And then making sure that the audience is aware that you know is just, like, repulsive to me. Yeah, I hate that attitude, and that's pretty much the attitude of the game. So, yeah, Martin descends into the writing of the game. The surrealism notches up even further. And you're just, like, surrounded by, like, weird prehistoric creatures and astronomical events just, like, melded into this kind of boring urban professional life that he has. Um, I love that sort of thing. And this was, like, honestly one of the more successful portrayals of, like, dream logic or dream world. Uh, that I've ever seen in a game. Um, Like, all the shooting stars and the changes in the solar activity just kind of become normal, and, like, his house melds with the the house of the game, the Terminal Voyage game. Um, And by the end, you're more or less playing the Terminal Voyage, but it's pretty unclear. Uh, it's very pretentious, but, like, I, I just personally love that sort of thing and thought it was so well done and executed really well. And, yeah, all the chaos and violence kind of leads to, like, a more normal video game, uh, which I found a lot more fun to play than the first parts of the game. Like, you're defending your house from raiders, There's you're doing motorcycle missions to get supplies and weapons, shooting dinosaurs and stuff um all that is super fun and engaging while also being like pretty weird and genuinely upsetting and funny at times uh yeah so i really liked that i liked the game more as it as it went so the game ends with selena coming to hit earth which is now kind of the earth in terminal voyage um and it's very successfully terrifying i thought Um, And yeah, things go off the rails and the game really gives you a sense of like time folding in on itself and you repeat stuff again and again. It's very like disorienting and scary. Um, And you do get a little bit more inner monologue from Martin, but it's very fractured and weird. uh, So I didn't mind it too much. Uh, And that makes it really sad. I was, like, very surprised at how sad uh, I thought the ending was. Uh, And then the asteroid hits, of course. uh, And there's a little cutscene of you unsuccessfully attempting to get to safety. And then everyone dying. Uh, And then it zooms out, like you've seen a couple times in the Terminal Voyage. uh, And you, like, see the whole world, see what the asteroid has done to it. Um, and yeah, it's really moving and sad. I thought the ending was great. Uh, so yeah, to me, this game is successful and extremely artistic. Um, I just hate the, like, the self-loathing, self-aware attitude. Like, I feel it could have just presented a beautiful, confident game where all of this stuff still happens and it would have been, like, transcendently good. And I still think it could have been, like, very self-indulgent and very self-referential. 
if it just like weren't apologizing for it constantly like that's what I hated I hated the apology um I definitely recommend playing it I think it's like a truly like great like all-time great game uh even though I didn't really like it that much uh it's just so successful with the surrealism uh yeah I was so impressed So for the next episode, I'm going to talk about Greece, or maybe it's pronounced Gree, uh, from 2018. Uh, I don't know anything about it, but it's apparently well regarded, so I'm excited to see what that's about. You can reach me at exploringvideogames at AOL.com. The website is exploringvideogames.tumblr.com, which is where I upload the screenshots. Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time.